So I want to give a warning here. Do not overuse these scarcity tactics. People will push up onto you and they will maybe feel cheated as well. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we're dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. Now let's get on with the show. Do you want to deliver marketing moments that last a lifetime? Klaviyo is the ultimate marketing platform for e-commerce. With targeted segmentation, email automation, SMS marketing, and more, Klaviyo helps you create your ideal customer experience. See why Klaviyo is trusted by more than 50,000 brands like Living Proof, Solo Stove, and Huckberry. Keep your customers coming back. Get a free trial at klaviyo.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, I'm welcoming to the show on a fantastic guest, Hannah Levinson. She's coming to us all the way from Israel, actually. Uh, Hannah works at Luke's... Looks. Sorry, I said that wrong. Uh, I've been so focused on how to pronounce things that I'm just going to let this fly. Anyways, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm you know, screwing things up. It's what I do. It's my job. <laughs> no, we're all human. It's totally fine. Uh, you got my name down at least, which is a super unique pronunciation of the usual Hannah. So um, <laughs> I get it. It's totally okay. Yeah. Where I screwed up this time was the app name, which is a crazy <laughs> spelling. So it's not my fault. And we'll make sure that it's spelled correctly in the show notes. But you work at Looks? Yes, I work at Looks, um, and it's definitely a name that I'm sure people will not forget. Um, we are one of the top apps in the Shopify app store, um, have been serving merchants of all sizes, um, specifically on Shopify, for over four years. Um, and our role at Looks is to provide uh, customers, uh, our merchants, with easy ways to collect and display photo reviews as well as product reviews. We make that process super automated, seamless, um, and help boost social proof and trust for merchants so they see that return on investment in terms of conversion rates and repeat purchases. That's fantastic. So you want to give a quick background on kind of how you ended up there uh, and then what we're going to really dive into today? Sure, no problem. So I have always been um, a passionate marketer. Um, I have about a little over 10 years of experience in the marketing realm. Before joining Looks, I dabbled around more in the app analytics sphere, specifically at a company called Appsy. And after that, I got an exciting opportunity to join the innovative, really growth hacking team at Looks. Looks is a collection of passionate people who are really inspired by ways that they can help e-commerce merchants of all sizes drive trust and improve engagement on and off-site. Um, and at Looks specifically, I'm the marketing lead. 
So what's exciting for me as being a marketing lead at Looks is that I really get to empathize with the persona that I'm marketing to because they have to leverage a lot of the same psychological principles and KPIs that I'm also measured by as a professional. Um, so for me, it's really exciting to roll up my sleeves every day, dive into my work on a daily basis, and also seek for ways that I can help make the e-commerce experience easier for even, let's say, experience Shopify merchants to also those that are just getting started, um, whether those be stores that are moving from brick and mortar to the online realm or newbies starting with drop shipping. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's once you're kind of in this space, you instantly become pretty much an expert in a few things that are close to like the solution that your offering has, or mm-hmm. you know, on our part, like being a service person, is we're just becoming just understanding the entire realm like whatever touches shopify like we're going to have some input on so it makes these interviews you know with app companies and subject matter experts they almost just write themselves it's because you're mm-hmm. earlier we were talking about um kind of just like what we're going to dive into today with uh these principles that you need to keep in mind and you just wouldn't like traditionally i guess you know when you're designing a company you know that not to simplify what looks does but it's it's a review app right but like why would these principles like tie back to the review app and that's like where like just the powerfulness of like content marketing comes into play i guess yeah totally and at the end of the day these reviews are kind of the baseline the stepping stone for not only getting first-time purchases, but for building that loyal user base moving forward and even getting brand advocates on board. So there are a lot of ways that it can impact different stages of the funnel from first brand discovery, helping um, others know about your brand and how your product or products look with real users, and then ultimately converting those interested potential customers and then bringing them on board to share their positive experience with your product um, and distribute that amongst their network. So reviews have a wonderful place in each stage of the funnel. And looks, in a sense, helps create that well-oiled machine to cover every stage of that process. Absolutely. Today, we're going to talk about 5 psychological principles that you should keep top of mind when optimizing your online store and your marketing. So I guess, you know, where do we start here? Do we just start at number one? Or is there a journey you're going to take me on? Yeah, well, you know, why I chose this topic specifically um, is that I'm also dabble kind of in the didactic world. I love to teach as well. I am a teaching assistant at our local uh, university. And I love diving into the underlining psychological principles that impact everything from color choices on a landing page to certain copy utilized within a pop-up on a bestseller collection. And today, I particularly chose these five psychological principles because I feel that they've been impacted um, because of Corona. And we've now entered this new normal. E-commerce has blown up crazy. As the CEO of Shopify said, he is arming the rebels. And we've seen record-breaking numbers in terms of new stores opening up and also in terms of mobile usage. So I wanted to kind of dig a little bit deeper on how these psychological principles, a lot of them that have been so ingrained in our day-to-day, how they are either stronger and more fortified because of corona, or they might be weakened because of coronavirus. So that's kind of what I wanted to dig into and um, hopefully provide you listeners with some tips for how to apply that to your own store. Cool. Let's dive in. What do all e-commerce stores have in common? That's right. Customers. And those customers are going to have questions. 
Gorgeous is the leading e-commerce help desk with over 5,500 customers on Shopify, Magento, and BigCommerce. Their software is built with machine learning to optimize your support system and allow your team to save time and money on repetitive inquiries while still remaining personalized. What it does is take all of your customers' insights and information, brings it into their amazing dashboard so you can solve your customer's problem as quickly as possible. If you want to give Gorgeous a try, visit gorgeous.grsm.io slash honest to get your second month free. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot G-R-S-M dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Cool. So uh, you guys have definitely heard this a lot, but COVID-19 has basically just changed the world permanently. And especially when it comes to the amount of choice that is available online. And so the first psychological principle that I wanted to dive into was regarding analysis paralysis. Now you have not only an extensive number of e-commerce stores that already existed before the pandemic struck, but you also have a lot of brick and mortar stores that have moved to the online space. For example, one of our uh, top clients, Pier One Imports, has completely moved online. And then you also have a lot of people in the drop shipping and print on demand space that are also opening stores and looking to benefit from the shift to the online realm. The challenge with that is that there's a lot of tough decisions. Um, I feel that some people can empathize with me with uh, this example, this real world example of going into Whole Foods and looking at an aisle and you see 30 different choices of peanut butter and you just are baffled by which one you should decide, which one you should choose. How are you going to make your choice? Is it going to be the one that um, looks the most natural? Is it going to be the one that has the discount on it? It can be quite challenging. And just imagine the online realm, you have so many different stores selling the same thing. Commoditization is at an all-time high. And people need to be able to make choices easier. And a big part of that also is impacted because discretionary spending is down. Um, McKinsey Consulting recently released a report that talked about people really ultimately are only making purchases of what they really, quote unquote, need at the end of the day. So that means that merchants really need to focus in on aiding choices and there's a few ways that I can recommend that people do that. One would be in terms of creating, let's say, a bestseller page, page that helps highlight to, let's say, people more in the top of the funnel journey with your brand, that they can kind of look and see what others have already chosen to purchase. And, and that can help narrow down their decision. You can also curate and personalize certain pages. So let's say you have someone who's returned to your store who's made purchases in the past or has hearted products in the past, you can create a dedicated page for them that is based off of their interests. You can also create pages based off of editors' picks. You can also um, just even narrow down choices simply. You can choose to highlight a few, three to five choices, maybe for a specific product category and have those kind of emphasize larger visually at the top of a certain um, category or page. Those are good ways to just help make the process smoother for your potential customers. 
and take the overwhelming feeling out of the purchase process and also out of Black Friday, Cyber Monday during COVID-19 in general. Um, there's going to be a frenzy this year. The frenzy's already started. As you know, we had already Prime Day. We have deals that are happening in October already. People are extending Black Friday since the beginning of October. So it's a good time to really cut through the noise and aid your potential customers and uh, returning customers with easier ways to kind of pick products. Yeah, I oftentimes on this show kind of harp about having a lower SKU count makes it a lot easier. Your marketing gets a lot easier. And the choices to be made are a lot more easy for your customer. Uh, And then just kind of what you said about highlighting a few products. I see this all the time. People think they need more SKUs. They need more products on their products pages or like on their collection pages Mm -hmm. when they like only actually have like one or two products. Like that is... I don't know where that idea came from. Who cares about that? Like I see people like that'll build out their Mm -hmm. products like with every color as an individual SKU or like uh, you know, any sort of variant of that product is its own thing. Mm-hmm. All that does is create confusion because the customer's like, I mean, I just wanted to buy this widget. I wanted to buy this shirt, right? But there's really all these different things. They look the same to me. Now I'm confused and now I'm going to like go away. Yeah. Essentially. Like confusion is lost conversion at the end of the day. Totally. There's this great um meme you can find online of Homer Simpson. Um, staring at multiple buttons on a dashboard, trying to understand which one he should pick to silence an alarm. And I think it's just a perfect example of also how a lot of consumers feel with the amount of choice that they have today. And again, I'll emphasize is that, as I mentioned, discretionary spending is down. So you don't have much of those on-the-go purchases. Shopping carts are larger. And so people need their choices narrowed down. Regarding what you mentioned with some sites maybe offering many different variations or just showing a lot of different stock, that can be effective actually for those who, sometimes it can be effective for those who are in the beginning of the journey with your brand. Meaning you want to flex your muscle in the beginning and show that you have a fair amount of options. But after that, after they've gotten that awareness, it's really important to then streamline the process from there. And this is only relevant for particular brands. So I do not uh, say this as a sweeping statement. Yeah. Um, but in general, I definitely would play to my former tip, which is ultimately aim less is more here. Really the same thing with cooking, add a little bit less salt, then consider adding more. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think where I've seen it really effective, which you know, I'm now I'm just calling myself a liar within five minutes. I've, where I actually have seen it really effective actually is on like clothing brands. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is important to branch out your colors on the collection page, but it should be one product, and that is a very custom solution that you need to like yeah. probably hire someone that knows what they're doing to build out because mm-hmm. you don't want it to be multiple products because uh, then your inventory is going to be wild uh, the way that it gets managed on the back end. But you want them to be able to link together through the variant colors, which actually Shopify just silently released uh, access to that API like oh, a week ago. Yeah, I remember that in their um, their town hall announcement, which was great. Yeah, they always do that. Is so we're like, oh, by the way, we did this, and we're like, wow, that's really awesome. But also, where are these other features you promised us? <laughs> but we love Shopify. Yes, we do. Yes, I mean, you have to. It's they're like your brother or sister. You're allowed to pick on them, but no one else is. Oh yes, totally. <laughs> All right, let's narrow down the choices. Let's make it easier on people. What's the next tactic? So the next tactic is kind of drawing on the topic of laziness. 
I think the word lazy is being thrown around a lot more recently because we're stuck at home, more morally fatigued. And there's a lot of new automations and processes. And you also have gig economy at full gear, which have made it easier for us to be quote unquote lazy. <laughs> and, and with that, I'm pulling what I call the principle of least effort, which is the idea that humans innately are more likely to choose the past of least resistance. And now in our new normal of COVID-19, that is more rings more true than ever before. And in terms of how that impacts um, you as a store owner, that impacts everything from your marketing to creating accounts for when users create an account or even also the checkout screen. Everything needs to be checked and triple checked that it is smooth, it is friction-free, that it works for mobile, that it works for desktop, that it works for different resolutions. Because the moment that that account form, creating account form becomes too lengthy, or all of a sudden I don't have autofill capabilities and I have to enter my whole address over again, it is so easy for me to turn to another option, which has, has me jump back to the first uh, principle I mentioned that the fact that there's just so many options out there, it makes it really easy for me to say, nah, you know what, I'll just go to this other store. I think maybe they have something similar. So those little moments, those friction points in the customer experience can be more debilitating than ever before um, because we have this freedom of being able to browse at home we have that access. We're using our mobile devices more than ever. Um, it's going to be a watershed year for mobile. So that means that anything that makes draws more effort from the consumer than need be could likely mean that you're losing that purchase. So it's something to just keep in mind and make sure to check some key areas in your conversion funnel and make sure that they're running smoothly as possible. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, a lot of what you covered on here is, you know, introductory into conversion rate optimization. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, it, we bring this up all the time when we're reviewing sites for clients and stuff. It's like, hey, you're making it harder than it needs to be. Like, this needs to be pretty straightforward. I need to understand what the next step is. Sometimes we like to joke that, like, you got to pretend that your customer is drunk and in a hurry, like, make it simple to understand and easy to do. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I'm going to remember that quote. That's going to go in my quote notebook. Um, <laughs> that's definitely one I won't forget. I can't own that. I I'm sure I heard that somewhere else. <laughs> well, it's an interesting point also because there's a lot of new user personas entering the picture. Imagine the people that were used to doing in-store shopping for Black Friday. They were looking to do those door busters, or you also have an elderly community that's used to completing their purchases in person, and now they've had to shift to the online realm. So now I need to give elderly citizens credit because they've actually made that shift very notably, especially when it comes to mobile groceries. But that doesn't mean that we need to challenge them with complex account building forms, checkout, etc. It needs to be, yeah, exactly as you said, like someone is drunk and what was the <laughs> what was the phrase you said? Drunk and tired? In a hurry. In a hurry. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it's important to keep in mind, especially also with new personas uh, entering the picture as well. Oh, yeah. Nobody likes insurance, but everybody should have it. Mistakes do happen. 
Our partner Rewind can protect your Shopify store with automated backups of your most important data. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 70,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Gymshark, Gatorade, and Movement Watches. Best of all, respond to any of their welcome emails and mention Honest E-Commerce to get your first month absolutely free. It's just... You got to just make it seamless, everybody. It's You get too comfortable with your own website just by being using it every day. You need to get some user research done, especially by some of these new personas, as Hannah has mentioned here. Awesome. Great. Well, I hope um, so far my first two principles have been interesting, engaging. I'm also really curious after this podcast to hear any feedback about um, what I've shared so far. In terms of my third principle that I wanted to talk about, and it kind of ties in nicely with the principle of least effort, it's all about being able to make decisions quickly and comfortably. So that means that we need to reference the law of past experience here. At one point or another, I know as a marketer myself or store owners as well, we all want to innovate. Innovation is a good thing. It's the process of improving upon what we already know. Crises like COVID-19 have brought about a lot of innovation, especially in the realm of e-commerce. We've got virtual queuing, QR codes, virtual fitting rooms. And as I mentioned uh, just earlier, we're seeing some new people, new personas, as I mentioned, senior citizens even abandoning those strict habits and converting to new innovations. But that doesn't mean that we need to innovate on everything. And these kind of blend in with each other, but it's so important to acknowledge, especially when it comes to the UI of your site. There's no need to make a button look like something new or innovative or that a new filtering or personalization process needs to be in place. People have become comfortable with certain personalization capabilities and filtering capabilities on e-commerce sites. They've become familiar with certain canonical symbols, such as the hamburger menu, such as scrolling capabilities. So there's no need to make those micro interactions more than they need to be. Focus on smart functionality here. Um, And it's actually to reference your quote, Chase, that you shared with me a few weeks back when we collaborated on a Black Friday piece. There's a lot of groundbreaking features coming out in e-commerce space every week, but they're not going to fix underlying problems in the store, as you shared. The key focus here needs to really be on having a great product, a good user experience, and a solid marketing plan. So ultimately stick to the basics first. Innovation can be great, but you need to do it in the right way. And the law of past experience really holds true here, especially as you have a lot of areas having been shaken up in the e-commerce space. It's important to have those baseline truths also still guiding your customers. Oh, I can't agree more. Like, uh, we'll have conversations with people and they're looking to do a website redesign or something. And like, we have to like kind of like keep them in check and be like, hey, the Walmarts and the Shopify's and the Amazons of the world have like taught your customer how to shop. And the more weird you make your website, you are literally taking money out of your pocket. It's as simple as that. Exactly. Exactly. I I totally agree. I think what I can recommend to users listening in is that it's really important to just start by modeling your sales pages after some of the best in the business and in your vertical. Look to them as a template for how to do things. Don't go overboard. 
Um, <laughs> that'll just ultimately oftentimes cause more confusion amongst your customers and potential customers. And then ultimately, if you do want to improve on some elements, run a split test. My mantra is split test, see if that innovation actually improves the customer experience and then move from there. We have to be very wary here, um, especially in a time when we're competing with so many other stores in the space for that little bit of visibility. It's important to leverage some of those baseline truths that work well for every store. Yeah. Since 2004, Avalara's vision has been to harness the power of cloud technology to help simplify sales tax for businesses of all sizes. Avalara solutions are designed to affordably scale with businesses as they grow over time. Tax compliance is not a revenue-generating activity. So, Avalara's technology is designed to help you manage compliance as efficiently and accurately as possible so you can reclaim your valuable time and reduce risk in your business. With more than 1,000 signed partner integrations, Avalara likely integrates with the ERP, e-commerce, mobile payment, and point-of-sale systems you use today. Find out how your business can be sales tax ready at avalara.com slash honest. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Avalara. Tax compliance done right. I mean, if... You want to say your brand is unique, you're zany, you know, you're quirky. That's cool. That should not have anything to do with the customer journey that people are used to. You can make your about page kind of fun. You can make all your email marketing be off the wall. You can have heck, even your retargeting ads can be like weird and quirky. But the journey from discovery to purchase should be pretty spot on. Like I know what I'm getting into, or you know, if I don't know what's happening, like I've never experienced it before. I'm not going to convert. Exactly. Exactly. So I appreciate that addition. I mean, it's also great. I I love, Chase, when you share examples also of kind of conversations that you've had with clients because, you know, it's important to bring together those real world examples to show that this is something that's happening on a day to day in terms of questions that are coming up, initiatives that uh, stores are wanting to pursue. Even the most experienced stores are sometimes you know, caught up in this swirl of innovation that's happening in these buzzwords. And sometimes we lose sight, we lose focus of that user journey. For what you're mentioning, it's really great to kind of echo that and make sure that we have that as kind of a key mantra as we approach this shopping season. Yep. Yep. All right. Now we're over the hump. You know, we're moving mm-hmm. on moving on to number four. What do we got? What do we got? Great. So this one I'll just touch on really briefly. I think we're all aware of it to a certain degree in that we're risk averse. And it's, you know, the new normal in that we are particularly risk averse now, or I would hope so in that um, we have our personal responsibility to wear masks, engage in socially distanced activities. And Risk aversion also fantastically applies to marketing and e-commerce. The idea of being offered, for example, a discount or risk uh, saving $20. Risk aversion can also be translated to one of my favorite words, FOMO, the fear of missing out. I think that particularly rings true in today's new normal in that we're all experiencing FOMO at different levels. We don't have the usual meetups with friends that we usually do. We don't have the restaurants, the birthday parties. So FOMO is at an all-time high. 
And especially if you see friends that are living in different states or different parts of the world and are in different degrees of lockdowns or restrictions due to COVID-19, that FOMO level is extra high. And so FOMO in the e-commerce space means that we need to create urgency. And this is a baseline tactic for all e-commerce brands in that we need to display stock level. That can oftentimes be a good tactic, especially with customers knowing that this Black Friday is going to be an all online event. It's going to be the biggest sales yet. Uh, Displaying stock level is a great tactic for creating urgency, also limited time offers. But I want to give a fair warning here. Um, Right now, I'm sharing a principle that is talking about something that's kind of a bummer at the end of the day, COVID-19 and FOMO and not being able to see friends. And the fact that I'm encouraging you as an e-commerce store to capitalize on that and create urgency. So I want to give a warning here. Do not overuse these scarcity tactics. People will catch up onto you and they will maybe feel cheated as well. So restraint is also important here. Restraint can really deliver maximum positive impact. So select an urgency tactic that makes the most sense for you, whether that be stock level, limited time offers, but be sensitive in terms of the micro copy and general copy that you use on your site. Because at the end of the day, these customers that are experiencing FOMO want to ultimately also have a human experience with the brand that they're engaging with. So everything in caps and exclamations is not necessarily the best tactic in terms of creating urgency and capitalizing on loss aversion. So just kind of a caveat I wanted to add, but um, in general, this is a principle that is definitely present and even um, more relevant now because of COVID-19. Yeah, you while your customer may be drunk, as I said earlier, they're not they're not dumb, and they can tell yeah. when they're being sold and when it's you know when it's a tactic, and you need to be thoughtful of that, and it will make your brand come off cheaper, and people will mm-hmm. view it less valuable, and then like you won't have a good time, your sales won't kind of do what you want it to do. Exactly. I mean, I can say that I remember last year when looking at my inbox during Black Friday, Cyber Monday, I think I had 20 emails in a row row that were all caps. Black Friday sale, Black Friday sale, don't miss out, don't miss out. You're going to lose $20, whatever it may be. And at the end of the day, it just created so much noise that in a way, the loss aversion actually wasn't present at all. And instead I had complete banner blindness and I just ignored them as a whole. So if I can give any advice in terms of how e-commerce stores can utilize the principle of loss aversion um, now, it would be to think about some more kind of human ways of phrasing discounts and um, limited time offers that are present or offered earlier than Black Friday. I think that could be a good tip, but again, to each store's own some tactics in terms of creating urgency will work better for, let's say, a um, accessories brand than they would for a vintage brand. Yeah. All right. Now we're rounding home on a weird five-sided baseball diamond. Uh, <laughs> let's let's slide on in. What's the what final tactic that you want to share today? Okay. Well, the final tactic is talking about how decisions are difficult at the end of the day. 
And ultimately, we just want reassurance, especially in these trying times where I think I've said multiple times to friends and family that COVID-19 is the definition of you really can't plan for what comes next. So with that kind of loss or uh, that loss of um, security in a way, we're looking for other ways that we can get trust and social proof. And so that's why I want to talk about the power of social proof, particularly in terms of making decisions. At the end of the day, um, especially because there are so many e-commerce stores out there, there's going to be so much marketing happening around Black Friday and even before Black Friday. There's going to be a lot of noise and ultimately consumers are going to turn to others to get an opinion on what they should purchase. And part of capitalizing on users' opinions or others' opinions is through user-generated content and product reviews, especially in the form of photos. So this is, you know, my lovely marketer plug of looks. <laughs> full discretion here. But I think, you know, it brings us full circle to what I was talking about in that uncertainty is stronger than ever right now. And also because the in-store experience is kind of out the window, it's not relevant for this Black Friday or won't be relevant for a long time. We need to find ways to reassure our consumers from their peers from their network, from their trusted friends. And one of the best ways to do that is through photo reviews. Photo reviews are a great indicator of how products look on different sized bodies, how products look in different environments. Let's say, for example, you are a store like True Vintage that sells vintage products. Now, vintage products can appear in many different ways um, because it's something that's been used. So those photo reviews are super important in the purchase decision making because they allow others to see what those products look like in advance for real from legit verified users. So that's very powerful there. Um, this is marketing. This saves immensely on marketing budget and ultimately builds that everlasting trust that is so essential these days. Photo reviews are also really important in terms of, let's say, demonstrating homeware and accessories, even things um, such as baby toys. It really spans the whole gamut in terms of relevancy. Um, you can even see that photo reviews are used for stores that are one product stores, such as Blendjet. So Blendjet is a great example. I'm a longtime client of Looks, and they utilize our photo reviews to be able to show how the Blendjet can be used in all different scenarios, whether it's in the car or on the go, walking around in the park, if your park is open. Um, uh, so that's a great example of that even though that's one product, it shows the variance in terms of where it can be utilized and where it's applicable, which is a great way for users to understand, even beyond what they would get in an in-store experience, how it's applicable to their own life and their own environment. So these are things that really help kind of break down the issues of anxiety when it comes to making purchase decisions, whether that be a small purchase or a large one. Um, and ultimately help increase that trust and connection with that brand. Absolutely. Social proof is an amazing, powerful tool. Uh, and I couldn't agree more. So quickly, do you want to run through what those five topics were real fast to just recap it for everybody? 
Sure, no problem at all. So um, the first one is about analysis paralysis and the idea of too many choices. Um, the second one I covered is about our innate laziness as human beings and how that's even at a higher level now. So that's the principle of least effort and how we need to make user experiences as seamless as possible. The law of past experience was the third principle I talked about, which at the end of the day is all about, yeah, your brand can be unique and different in terms of its marketing, in terms of its tone, but there are some elements in terms of the baseline customer experience that need to be used, um, even if they're quote unquote older. Innovation is good, but innovation can also be detrimental. My fourth uh, principle that I talked about is the idea of loss aversion and how people want to avoid losing out or FOMO, the fear of missing out. So how we can capitalize on that prior to the holiday season and during the holiday season. And the last topic I talked about was social proof and how ultimately decisions are quite difficult to make. We as human beings are looking to, um, to get reassurance to get um, validation from our peers, our friends, our network. And one of the best ways to do that is via verified photo reviews that show what your product looks like um, and shows happy customers utilizing your products. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, if someone's interested in learning more about looks, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? The best way to get a hold of us, well, first to learn more about Looks, you can visit us um, on the Shopify App Store. You can easily type in Looks, L-O-O-X. Um, we're also ranked top in the App Store in the general browse section. And also our website, you can visit L-O-O-X.app to learn more about our brand, who we are, read some case studies about cool companies that we've worked with. And if you want to get in contact with me, I always love speaking to people post podcasts and answering additional questions, even having a virtual cup of coffee with someone. Um, you can reach me via email at Hana, H-A-N-N-A-H, at looks.io. And that's where you can reach me via email. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Chase. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their journey and knowledge with us today. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our businesses. Links and more information will be available in the show notes as well. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, feel free to reach out and learn more at electriceye.io slash connect. Also, make sure you subscribe and leave an amazing review. Thank you.